blessed to have the final message today by Mr. Steve Andrews entitled Apostle Paul in Rome. I was counting the number of hard Bibles that I have at the house. I've been collecting them for a while. And uh, I came up to about 20, 25 of them. <laughs> uh, you know, if I go into uh, Gardner's or someplace and they ha happen to have one there, or they're having that, so I, I buy it. Most of the time they're pretty, pretty reasonable. And in reality, you know, they, this thing here, this thing here, <laughs> I could pull all those, uh, probably get every one of those that I have in the house uh, up on one of these uh, electronic instruments that we carry around with us all the time. What, what strikes me more than anything, though, is the blood that was shed to bring us that particular blessing. We're so blessed. I mean, we have all these translations and everything, and it's just normal and natural, but we don't really think about what it took to bring that book to us and how God had to orchestrate all those individual books and bring them to this day when we have so many, such a, 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 a wonderful array of those books. And I was, when I was thinking about this, it all of a sudden dawned on me, the, um, the Hebrew chapter 11 in the faith chapter, and towards the end of that, we have uh, an interesting set of uh, individuals some of them are named and some of them are not. It says here by faith in verse um, 30, and I'm just going to, I don't even know if I put that one down. The walls of Jericho fell down and they were encircled for seven days. By faith, harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. And what more shall I say for the time would um, fail me? Zell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah of David and, and, and um, Samuel and the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence uh, um, of fire, escaped the edge of the sword out of the weakness, made strong, uh, be, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to, to life again. Others were t tortured not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trials, mockings, scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawed in sunder, and were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in the deserts and the mountains and the dens and the caves of the earth, and all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. God, having provided something better for us, that they should um, 
not be made perfect apart from us. And I got to thinking as I was reading that and knowing the history of, the, of, of this English Bible that we have, that is very prophetic, isn't it? Because there has been a lot of blood shed to bring us this book. It is, it is very interesting how many um, individuals' lives ended because they believed that the common man should have this book and be able to read it. It was interesting at one time that if you had a piece of paper, just a small piece of paper with this, even this verse is right here, in your hand, and you were caught, you were either imprisoned or put at the stake and killed. One small piece of paper. And if you were blessed enough to get one of Tyndale's books and you were caught, you were definitely put on the stake. At one time, it was illegal to have anything that you could read as we do today. It is such a blessing. And we don't really understand sometimes until we think about it, until we go back in history and we look at what happened. And that's where I'm, I've been trying to, to, to bring out. I've been thinking about it a lot. And sometimes when you try to <laughs> this giant, huge uh, historical perspective out, it's, um, it can be very daunting. But there are places where we can start. And, uh, and I'm going to get to Paul's thing here in just a minute. But what I wanted to do is I wanted to introduce you to some books um, that I have. And one of them I don't really have. It's on my, my pad. <laughs> I just downloaded it. It cost me 60 cents. So if you want um, Fox's Book of Martyrs, it's very easy to, to put on your, on your, your pad, your iPad, uh, whatever you have. You probably even could put it on the little small here, but it's a little bit more difficult to read sometimes. One of the things that, we, that you find in Fox's Book of Martyrs is martyrdom for this word, this way of life, the truth that we take for granted. And it's very, very profound. And I'm not, of course, <laughs> this is a lot, a lot of material, but the, one of the first martyrs wasn't Jesus. It was John the Baptist. If you remember, John the Baptist decided that he would um, tell off uh, the ruler that he was illegally married, um, that he was uh, committing incest, and so he was beheaded for that. And it was one of the first um, martyrs that we read about in the scriptures. And of course, there was you know, a lot of things going on in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, that was uh, essentially that was. Um, very profound that, that John would lose his life because he stood up and uh, proclaimed scriptures that they were married illegally and living in sin. And we really, we've already know about Stephen, not me. <laughs> Saint, they call it Saint Stephen, but um, he stood up to the to the Jews and he lost his life. And there was a little, in, in Fox's Book of Martyrs, I want to read this last little part here. 
Upon this great persecution was raised against all who professed their belief in Christ as the Messiah or as a prophet. We are immediately told by St. Luke that there was a great persecution against the church was at Jerusalem and that they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. About 2,000 Christians with uh, Nicanor, one of the seven deacons, suffered martyrdom during the persecutions which arose about Stephen. So, all of the apostles died in, except for, for John. Um, and I'm going to read those here real quickly and so that you'll understand what it took to bring this gospel message. And I'm talking about Jesus Christ as our Savior and the kingdom of God. And they were, went out and they began to preach this. And they took their life in their own hands. The next martyr we meet was, according to St. Luke, in the history of the Apostle Acts, was James, the son of Zebedee, the elder brother of John, and a relative of our Lord. For his mother, Salome, was cousin germane to the Virgin Mary. It was not until ten years after the death of Stephen that the second martyrdom took place. For no sooner had Herod Agrippa been appointed governor over Judea then, with a view of, uh, uh, to ingratiate himself with them, he raised a sharp persecution against the Christians and determined to make an effectual blow by striking at their leaders. The account given us by an eminent uh, uh, primitive writer, Clemens Alexandrinus, uh, ought not to be overlooked that as James was led to the place of martyrdom, his accusers brought to, uh, to repent of his conduct by the apostles' uh, ex extraordinary courage and undauntedness and fell down at his feet to request his pardon, professing himself a Christian and resolving that James should not receive the crown of martyrdom alone. Hence, they both beheaded at the, both were beheaded at the same time. Thus did the first apost apostolic uh, martyr cheerfully and resolutely receive that cup which he had told our Savior he was ready to drink. Timon and, and Parmenius suffered martyrdom about the same time, and, and the one at Philippi and the other at Macedonia. These events took place in A.D. 44. Philip was born in Bethesda in, in Galilee and was the first called by the name of, of disciple. He labored diligently in Upper Asia and suffered martyrdom at Heliopolis uh, Heli Heli in uh, Phrygia. And he was scourged, thrown into prison, and afterwards crucified at A.D. 54. Matthew, whose occupation was that of a toll giver, uh, gatherer, was born in Nazareth. He wrote his gospel in, in Hebrew, which was afterwards translated into Greek by James the Less. The scene of his labors were in Parthia and Ethiopia, in which later country he suffered martyrdom, being slain with a halberd at the, uh, the city of uh, Nadaboth in AD 60. And I'm not reading the names very well, but I'm not going to get through this anyway. James the Less is supposed by some to have been the brother of our Lord by former wife of Joseph. This is a very doubtful and accords to much with the Catholic superstition that Mary never had any other children except our Savior. He was elected to, uh, to the oversight of the churches of Jerusalem, was the author of the epistle, uh, ascribed to James in the sacred canon. At the age of 94, he was beat and stoned 
by the Jews and finally had his brains bashed out uh, with a fuller's club. Uh, and, of course, as you read Fox's Book of Martyrs, it gets worse as, <laughs> as you go through. Matthias, of whom less is known than most of the other disciples, he elected to fill the vacant place of Judas, and he was stoned at Jerusalem and was behead, then beheaded. Andrew was the brother of Peter. He, he preached the gospel to many in Asiatic nations, but on his arrival in, in Edessa, he was taken and crucified on a cross, the two ends of which were fixed transversely in the ground, hence the, the derivation of the, of the term St. Andrew's Cross. Uh, Mark was born a Jewish, uh, to Jewish parents of the tribe of Levi. He is supposed to have been converted to Christianity by Peter, whom he served as an... Uh, I'm not sure that... Uh, Emmanuel and under whose inspection he wrote the gospel in Greek language. Mark was dragged to pieces by the people of Alexandria in the great uh, solemnity of uh, uh, Serpus, their idol, ending his life under their merciless hands. Peter was born in Bethesda in Galilee, and he was by occupation a fisherman. Christ gave him a name which in Syriac implies a rock. Peter is supposed to have suffered martyrdom at Rome during the reign of Nero, uh, Emperor Nero being crucified uh, with his head uh, downward at his own request. However, very uncertain whether Peter ever visited Rome at all, and the evidence rather favoring the, the supposition that he ended his days in some other country. So Paul, um, I'm going to go ahead and read this, but we will have some, some uh, reading in the scriptures about Paul that I want to bring, bring out. The great apostle of the Gentiles was, was a Jew of the tribe of Benjamin, a native of Tarsus in Sicily, uh, Cilicia, and, and before his conversion was called Saul. After suffering various persecutions at Jerusalem, Iconium, Lystra, Philippi, and Thessalonica, he was carried prisoner to Rome, where he continued for two years and was released. He afterwards visited the church in Greece and Rome, preached the, the gospel in Spain and France, but returning to Rome, he was apprehended by the order of Nero and beheaded. Jude, the brother of James, was commonly called Thaddeus. He was <coughs> crucified at Edessa uh, in A.D. 72. Bartholomew preached several countries, and having translated the Gospel of Matthew into the language of India, he propagated it in that country, and he was at length cruelly beaten and then crucified by the impatient idolaters. Thomas, called Didymus, preached the gospel at Parthia, India, where exiting the rage of pagan priests, uh, ex exciting the rage of pagan priests, he was martyred by being thrust through with a spear. Luke, the evangelist, was the author of the gospel, which goes under his name. He traveled with Paul through various countries and is supposed to have been hanged on an olive tree by the idolatrous priests of Greece. Simon, surnamed Zelots, preached the gospel in uh, Mauritania, Africa, and even in Britain, uh, which later country he was crucified in A.D. 74. And then John, the beloved disciple, was brother to James the Great, the churches of Samaria, Pergamos, Sardis, Philadelphia, Laodicea, Thyatira were founded by him, and from Ephesus he was ordered to be sent to Rome, 
where it is affirmed he was cast into the cauldron of boiling oil. He escaped by miracle without injury. Uh, the uh, nation afterwards banished him to the Isle of Patmos, where he wrote the book of Revelation. Nerva, the successor of Domitian, recalled him. He was the only apostle who escaped a violent death. And that's what Jesus prophesied, that John would survive. And then Barnabas, the last one, was of Cyprus, but of Jewish descent. His death is supposed to have taken place around A.D. 73. And of course, we know Jerusalem was, was uh, sacked and, and destroyed in A.D. 70. And there was a great scattering all over in which the, um, this message began to, to, to be uh, promulgated all over the world. As Jesus had commanded, go into all the world and preach the gospel into everyone. And so they did. They went out. And many who were uh, heard the, the gospel message were converted and came to, to understand that message. And, and they also began to preach and teach. But while under that, we, while that was happening, there was a great many things going on, and also um, there was a lot of opposition. And I'm not going to go through it, uh, but I do have some books that I might recommend if you're really interested in it, which I'm going to probably be bringing out in, eventually in some of the messages, but... One of the things that the, 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 the early uh, apostles were going to run into, and I think Simon Magus was part of it, was Gnosticism. And uh, Alan Knight gives a pretty good um, background through the primitive Christianity and crisis on what happened right after Christ's resurrection and they began to preach and, and move all into the, into the rest of the world. There was a lot of satanic opposition um, to bringing this gospel message into the world. And it was through, um, as we've just got through reading, uh, many died trying to bring that to the, to the world. Another one that's, that's very good, uh, and which I'll bring some, I think, uh, later on, and I don't want to get into it right now, but from, uh, to Sunday, from, Sa from Sabbath to Sunday by uh, Samuel Bakioki, he gives a very good history of how the, um, how the Sabbath was squashed by the, the great um, uh, church at that time, the, um, the universal church, the Catholic church, and how the popes began to, uh, to, to bring in the uh, pagan sun and even Ishtar, the, uh, <laughs> the god of uh, fertility, and we are very familiar with the, the day that we just got through going through on December 25th, was, which was Saturnalia uh, to the pagans. And so he goes through an awful lot of that in his book, um, and it's very interesting. He goes, <laughs> by the way, <laughs> for those of you that are not really familiar with Samuel Bakayoki, he actually got his PhD from the Pontifical Gregorian University Press in Rome in 1977. He wrote all of this in a Roman university. <laughs> against them, by the way. Uh, against what they, but by the way, they, 
they admit that they change it. They, 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 they say they, they've got the power to change all of the Bible. And, you know, they, they have everything. So, um, one other one. I didn't think much of our uh, prophecies, but Ellen G. White did write one, The Great Controversy, uh, which was this battle um, that Satan was waging against this brand new um, Christianity. And, and it's very interesting how many different groups, all, some of them even had to go underground because of what was going on and what was happening, and they were persecuted in, in many, many ways. And we talked about that, and Matt talked about that persecution that was going to come. And they did. They, they received a great deal of persecution and had to go underground many, many times. I just got through, which is really interesting, and I, 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 I did it again, but Tyndale's wife. He was a scholar. He was a linguist. My, my brother-in-law was a linguist, and so I have a little familiarity with that. And he was very familiar with, he was able to get uh, access to the Greeks and the Hebrew text. And God must have put this into his heart because he already knew that if he started translating this, he was going to have problems. And he spent the rest of his life and died bringing to the common man this truth that we have, that we hold in our hands. And if you haven't ever watched about Tyndale, it, it is really inspiring. This man just spent his life writing and trying to get even a little bit into the hands of the common man. <laughs> he, he ended up in Germany, and they actually printed some little pocket Bibles of the New Testament, which they put into graves and stuff and sent into England so that they could, so they could be distributed. And anywhere that anyone was found with those, they were um, persecuted terribly, sometimes in prison, sometimes tortured. Um, it was heresy to have a translation that you could read. And we take it for granted. We, we live and take it so for granted. And we live in a society in which there is such a blessing of people that know how to translate things. Um, it was 2017 that I brought this book the last time. It was a little different message, but uh, somewhat similar. It is called The Book of a Thousand Tongues. And I think it's one or two verses that are illustrated. But it is by far the mo one of the more interesting things that has happened in the modern society that men have been compelled to publish the work of God all over the world in their language. And if you go in there, there's even the Chinese translation <laughs> of this truth. It's interesting. Um, they have just a, I think it's like two verses and it takes about that much page for those two verses of the Chinese um, language thing. But all over the world, and this is 1970, and I'm sure they're still translating toward all of the languages that they hadn't translated before. So 
as far as publishing the word, it has gone out and has been a marvel that God has put it in the men's hearts to want to bring this. And of course, the Jews have always brought the Old Testament forward. They have they've preserved it, kept it, and, and, and so you, you, you can even go on YouTube and you can find um, men that want to spend their time just doing intricate work uh, with the, the Hebrew language and, and, and doing those first five books of the, of the Bible, the Torah, and, and making it. Um. So let's, let's get in. Let's go. Um, I, did have a, I did have a message here in the scripture, so I'm gonna, I wanted to bring that. Uh, let's go to the, I've already been here to Hebrews, so let's go to Second uh, Timothy. And we'll, uh, and maybe we'll go to Second Timothy. There it is. Beginning in verse, in chapter, uh, chapter 4, and 6 through 8. We're talking about Paul and the things that Paul did to bring the gospel message to the Gentiles. And at the end of his life, he was, he, he was convinced that he had done a good work, that he had brought the gospel message and, and fought the good fight. And it says here, he says, I'm already be, I, I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And not me only, but also all who have loved his appearing. So it was his dedication, his work, his desire to bring um, Christ's message to the Gentiles. They were already in Jerusalem bringing that message and, of course, receiving a lot of persecution from the Jews. And Paul was bringing that message to the Gentiles and powerfully bringing it. And also, as we just read, receiving a lot of persecution, a lot of it from the Jews because they hated what he was saying. They did not believe that Jesus was the Messiah, even though everyone knew of the resurrection, of the different things that happened. And they were preaching it and teaching it. And so Paul, in Acts, the 28th chapter, I'll go back here and find. Because this is the last, his last ministry at Rome. And the words that are that written here are very, very profound and very interesting. Um, he was a prisoner. Uh, he was bound and shackled, and he was a prisoner. And he, uh, but the um, individual that was with him was very must have been very kind to him, very because um, he would let him get do things and go places and be and have some freedoms. So he's in verse sixteen. I'm just breaking into all the story, and I I apologize, but uh, for for brevity's sake here, I wanted to, to to do this. Now, when we came to Rome. The centurion delivered the prisoners to the captain of the guard, but Paul was permitted to dwell by himself with a soldier who guarded him. 
And it came to pass after three days that Paul called the leaders of the Jews together. So when they had come together, he said to them, Men and brethren, though I have done nothing against our people or customs of our fathers, yet I was delivered as a prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans. And when they had examined me, wanted to let me go because there was no cause for putting me to death. Um, sounded like Jesus, didn't it? But when the Jews spoke against it, I was compelled to uh, uh, appear, uh, uh, appeal to Caesar, and that I had uh, anything of which to accuse um, my nation. For this reason, therefore, I have called for you to see you and to speak with you, because for the hope of Israel I am bound with this chain. Then they said to him, we neither receive letters from Judea concerning you, nor have any of the brethren who came reported or spoken any evil of you. But we desire to hear from you what you think. For concerning this sect, we know that it is spoken against everywhere. So you see the opposition that Paul had. That sect, that belief was spoken against. So when they had appointed him a day, many came to him as his lodging, to whom he explained and solemnly testified of the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus from both the, new, from both the law of Moses and the prophets and from morning till evening. Now, what, did, what Bible did, did, did uh, Paul have? Did he have the New Testament? No. So how did he preach Jesus? He preached it right out of what we call the Old Testament, including the Torah and the prophets. From morning till evening, he probably didn't have anything in front of him. He didn't have a book like I do. <laughs> My memory sometimes is not as good. He probably just started preaching and teaching and helping them to understand and telling them, this is what it is, you know, right here, this is Because he didn't have anything, and yet he was able to preach the word. He said, and some were persuaded by the things which were spoken, and some be disbelieved. So whenever we bring the gospel message, that's, sometimes that's what you find. Some are compelled because they're being called. Others just saying, you know, it's kind of nutty. I don't understand it. I don't want to be you know, part of it. So when they, uh, they did not agree among themselves, they departed after Paul had said one word. The Holy Spirit spoke rightly through Isaiah the prophet to our fathers, saying, Go to this people and say, Hearing you will hear, and shall not understand. Seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull. The ears are hard of hearing. Their eyes have, not, have closed lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. Therefore, let it be known to you that the salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles, and they shall hear it. And when he had said these words, the Jews departed and had a great dispute among themselves. Then Paul dwelt two whole years in his own rented house and received all who came to him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching the things 
which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no one forbidding him. So he had a great, powerful message to the Romans and lived there in Rome. And as we read earlier, he even was able to get away for a while, go to Greece, back to Rome, and then he died. He was um, summarily killed by the Roman emperor. In the last, the last things that he that are recorded in um, the book of Romans are very profound and very interesting things that Paul said, and it, it is um, his acknowledgement of those that were around him and that were helping him through all of the things that uh, that he was doing. And it's interesting how many women were helping him through these things. He says, I commend to you Phoebe, our sister, who is a servant of the church in uh, Caesarea, that you may receive her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints and assist her in whatever business she has need of you. For indeed, she has been a helper of the many of myself also. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their own necks for my life, to whom not only I gave thanks, but also all the churches of Gentiles. Likewise, greet the church that is in their home. Greet my beloved um, Eponetus, who is the uh, first fruits of Acacia to Christ. Greet Mary who labor much for us. <laughs> I, I'm just reminded of how there is a kind of a love that, that Paul has for those who were around him and were serving and doing the things, and he had just kind of this, greet Mary. We don't know Mary, but he says, greet her, who labored much for, him, uh, for us. Greet Anda, uh, Andronicus and Junia, my countrymen and my fellow prisoners, who are of note among the apostles, who also were in Christ before me. Uh, greet Ampelus, my beloved in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ, and Stichius, my beloved. Great, uh, greet Apelles, uh, approved in Christ. Greet those who are of the household of Arista, uh, Bulus. Greet Herodian, my countrymen. Greet those who are of the household of Narcissia, who are in the Lord. Uh, greet Tryphenia and uh, Tryphosia, who have labored in the Lord. Greet the beloved Perseus, who labored much in the Lord. Greet Rufus chosen of the Lord and his mother and mine. Greet Asyntikus, Philegian, Hermes, uh, Patrobos, Hermes, and the brethren who with them. Greet Philegius uh, and Julia, uh, Nereus and his sister, and Olympus, and all the saints who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss, and the churches of Christ greet you. Yeah. We usually refer to a holy uh, handshake <laughs> instead of the holy kiss today. What I would like to, to say 
is that um, we also, um, as a church, would like to, um, to continue to grow and to become um, uh, in, in the Lord um, blessed in every way. So we've, we're looking at including a couple more uh, servants in our congregation. As he w- went through all of that, all of you here have, have, are a part of this congregation. Christ is the head, and, and we are a, a part of that body, and all of us have a part in that body, and we're very thankful that you are here. We are looking at, and if there's no objection, we'd like to see um, uh, Sean Witt being uh, ordained as a deacon for the congregation. We could use uh, one more as a... Some of us are, um, and then uh, Amanda Andrews sitting back there, and we're looking at making, giving her um, the responsibility of the deaconess in the church. And if uh, you uh, have anything you would like to say to us about that afterwards, Matt or I would be glad to talk to you, but we would like to, uh, to uh, include those as a part of our congregation and in the growth that we were, we were looking at and the things that... Um, are coming, um, I think, considering the world that we're living in and we're going to need strength and we need all of us to pull together. So, I'm not finished yet. I still have some more here. So Paul says, Now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learn and avoid them. Now that's what I was saying about... Um, Alan Nice book, because that was beginning to be a very big problem, Gnosticism and the uh, things that were being said about the church and the people and about Christ and all of that. It was getting really becoming a, a problem and causing divisions in, in congregations. And so and more than once, Paul has urged them, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learn, and avoid them. For those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by smooth words and flattering speech deceive the hearts of the simple. For your obedience has become known to all. Therefore I am glad on your behalf. But I want you to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Now, it's interesting. There are some greetings from Paul's friends. Timothy, my fellow worker, and Lucius, Jason, and Sophopater, and my countrymen greet you. I, Tertius, who wrote this epistle, greet you in the Lord. And remember, Paul had eye problems. And he, was, you know, he prayed to God many times. God says, my grace is sufficient for you. Uh, you just go ahead and, and, and do your work that I've set you forth to do. Gaius, my host, and the host of the whole church, greet you. Erastus, the treasurer of the city, greet you. And Quartus, a brother, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. 
And then there's a benediction at the end. Now him, to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel, the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery, and they keep secret uh, since the world began, but now made manifest and by the prophetic scriptures made known to all nations according to the commandment of the everlasting God for obedience to the faith. To God alone be wise, be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. So um, the book of Romans ends that way. But the book of Romans began with some very interesting things. And I wanted to go back to that, that particular part. There's a few verses here in which Paul is... bringing this information to the Roman church. They were a mixed group of Jews and Gentiles. And, of course, he was a, a prisoner, but had, he lived freely in a house. And he was able to preach and teach, and they came and they listened and they heard, and some of them believed and some of them didn't. But we read Paul's writings, and there's so much in there that for us to understand. If we did not understand about what Paul was experiencing, giving us an understanding about the spirit. We would never un completely understand the spirit in man without that. We would not understand uh, totally all of the things um, of the resurrection without 1 Corinthians 15. Although <laughs> Jesus said, you being a leader, remember when he was talking to Nicodemus and you don't understand that? So there's a lot in the Old Testament probably that we um, are missing, but Paul gave us so much in what he wrote and the things that he's put together um, in, in the scriptures. Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated the gospel of God. He worked as a tent maker, but he preached and taught. That was his commission. And he went to many, many places, preached and taught, and a lot of places he received a lot of persecution and a lot of things happened to him. And he was beaten, he was um, scourged, he had all kinds of things uh, happen to him, and yet he continued on bringing these messages everywhere he went which he promised before through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Concerning his son Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Through him we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. Now, I think in everything that we read in the scriptures, we should also understand that it belongs to us. And if you're able, as it says, through the grace, to reach out and to convict somebody, to help them to come to this way, to help them to understand the truth, then do so. Do so, because you will be blessed. In, your, in, in being obedient to the truth, being obedient to the faith that was once delivered, among whom you also are called to Jesus Christ. And all of us here 
of that calling. We are called to all who are in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. We don't have to die and have somebody saint this or saint that. We are saints. That is our, that's who we are. We are the ones called out of this world and this na- the, the nations and to follow Jesus Christ, and to follow the words of, that, that are been, uh, have been given to us by the blood of many who shed their blood that we might have this word. Who died horrible deaths, as Tyndale did. Grace to you, peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, first I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all, that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Must be some pretty strong individuals in the Roman uh, church there. There must have been some really um, profoundly strong individuals. As we just read, the ones that he uh, read about, they they were very much um, a part of his life. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers, making request if by some means now at last I may find a way in the will of God to come to you. For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift so that you may be established for I long to see you, that I may impart to you, uh, that is, that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. Now, that's an interesting statement that Paul makes. Because when we get together, that is what we, we do. We encourage one another based on the faith that we have and the spirit that dwells within us. So, encouraged together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. Now, I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that I often planned to come to you, but was hindered until now, that I might have some fruit among you, also just as among the other Gentiles. I am a debtor both to the Greeks, to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As is written, the just shall live by faith. And so, with Paul's message to the Romans, and with that, um, with those words that he, he was able to, uh, to write in the book of Romans, and we have that message, because there were willing individuals who through the blessing of God were able to translate from the Greek and the Hebrew the Bible that we have today, that we walk around and just almost take for granted. It is the most precious thing that we have. 
to understand the truth of the Word of God and to understand that there were men and women in the past who sacrificed their life to give the truth. And there are many of the Waldenses, the Albertenses, many different ones. Literally, whole groups were sacrificed and killed because they just wanted to bring this word to the world. So the next time you open that Bible, and the next time you look in it, and you start reading it, think about the sacrifice that went in to bring that message to each and every one of us. Because it was, it was dear from the apostles to all those that came after them and began to preach that kingdom of God and all of us who are continuing to preach that kingdom of God. And remember, we're living in a society, and I want to put this in the last part of this, we're living in a society in which we might actually experience the same things that these early Christians experienced. Because there are things in the Bible, that there are groups out there that hate what is in this book. And they want it um, covered up, thrown away, discarded, and anyone that preaches and teaches it are going to be in, 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 in um, possibility of being persecuted. So remember the next time that you open it up, many men throughout the ages have given their life that we might have this hope in Jesus Christ.